I'm Charlie Hipwood, CEO of Mass Ventures. And I'm Stacy Swider, an investor at Mass Ventures. And we welcome you to the Fundable Founder, where we'll be exploring relevant topics for technology entrepreneurs to help them succeed in raising capital and in growing their businesses. As a founder who started and ran three companies, I didn't know what I didn't know when I first set out. <laughs> but you eventually figured things out, right? For the most part, through trial and error and mentorship. But now as a VC, I'm frequently advising entrepreneurs on the same topics. So Stacy and I are here to share that earned wisdom with you, along with the experts that we interview on a variety of subjects. We are. The roadmap to a successful startup is at your fingertips. So turn up the volume and grab the keys to success for your fundable founder journey. All right. Uh, thank you. Welcome to another uh, episode of our of our accelerator. Today, I'm here with Davide Marini, who's co-founder and CEO at Inkbit. Uh, welcome, Davide. Um, Davide also, um, Inkbit came through our start program and was a, a winner of our start grant. And as you can see above me, Inkbit is also <laughs> a, a portfolio company of Mass Ventures. We've made an investment. Um, so uh, it's good to see you again, Davide. But like a lot of start companies, uh, we see a lot of start companies come through our program who are uh, funded through the SBIR program. And one of the questions we get all the time is, when should we think about strategics and investor strategics as investors, strategics as, as customers, early customers? And what are the complexities around that? Because so many of these companies are also likely thinking, hey, I might be acquired by one of these strategics someday. And so what? how do I manage that process as a really early stage company that's thinking about you know, having to partner with these strategics? And I thought you'd be a good person to talk about this because you've, you've managed this process pretty well at Inkbit. Great. No, thank you, Charlie. And thank you for investing in us. Thank you so much for your support. It's been such a pleasure to, to work with you. Likewise. So, what, I mean, what are your high-level thoughts, right? I I'll, mean, tell you, I'll tell you immediately. The discovery of the strategic investor was one of the most important, one of the most defining moments in my career as an entrepreneur. Okay. So I had always uh, run with this idea that uh, you have to go to venture capital, you start with angels, and you go to VCs. And I had this in my mind as basically the gospel. You have to go buy it and... Uh, and, and uh, live your life as an entrepreneur. So the change started to happen in uh, around the Series A, when uh, I had pitched to many, many venture capitalists, and uh, it was difficult for me to, to get traction with them, partly because the industry where we operate is very crowded. There are many, many 3D printing companies, so it's very hard to explain clearly to an investor, what's, what makes you unique? Right. And uh, the other aspect is that typically venture capitalists are not uh, trained to be narrow you know, subject matter experts. Maybe with the exception of the biotech world, you yep. know, in any other field, typically a VC is a generalist. So it's difficult to go down in the details of the technology and the weeds. Uh, so, the classic conversation was, uh, I, I can see that your technology is powerful, but I will believe you once you get a customer. And so my answer was, well, in order to get customers, I need to build a machine. Right. So it was a classic chicken and egg problem that was never resolved until 
I realized that uh, strategics could bring tremendous value, both as financial investors and as customers and as deep, uh, bringing deep knowledge of the market. Mm -hmm. So I would say choosing to be funded by strategics was the single most important decision I made for Inquit that made it uh, as successful as it is today. And uh, there are a number of recommendations that uh, I want, I can share. Yes. Uh, but most importantly, in my own particular case, what uh, one of the turning points was the decision to raise money from uh, Stratasys, which is one of the leading 3D printing companies. In theory, Stratasys is a competitor of ours. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had some difficult decisions, uh, some difficult discussions among the founders. What should we do? And then I realized that uh, it was much better to go talk to our number one competitor. And basically, based on their judgment, on their experience, uh, once you have the endorsement of, of a company like Stratasys, it became so much easier to raise money from other people. Uh, and of course, Strategies is one potential acquirer of Inquit. Sure. So, but a lot of funders, founders who are in the same boat, that sounds like a scary proposition to go to your potential competitor. Like it's very scary. You know, scary. obviously your relationship with Stratasys has been tremendous, but I think a lot of yeah. founders going into the relationship will be like, are they just going to take steal my ideas? Are they going to yeah. take my technology? Are they going to hire my people? How do you manage that? Yeah, so one thing, one important thing to, to keep in mind is that, first of all, you have to have a differentiation because, of course, I, I say competitor. Yes, they're, they, they're in theory competitors, but in reality, we offer what I would call a complementary solution. So we have something that they, they don't have. Otherwise, we wouldn't exist. So by definition, if you are a startup, you're bringing into the world something that nobody else has. So that's point number one. You have to have strong IP. But... Uh, the, the important aspect, I would say, when raising money from strategics is to have many of them, not just one. I would say that's a very important uh, discovery that I made. Uh, if you only have one strategic, then I would say it can be dangerous because they pretty much can use their leverage to extract you know, terms that will be onerous for you. Sure. Um, most strategics will ask for some exclusivity. Uh, I would say I would completely separate the investment discussion from a commercial discussion. Okay. That's so great. If, if you're entertaining a commercial discussion, so the typical conversation with the strategic, this actually did not happen with strategies because they're very experienced in uh -huh. uh, investing in startups, but some other strategics, maybe they were first time investors in startups. The classic ask would be, okay, I'm investing in you. Therefore I need to have, uh, some type of exclusive license to your technology. Uh, and I said, wait, 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 no. You are buying shares in the company here. Right. If you want to have a commercial discussion, let's keep it separate. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to entertain a discussion where we give you exclusivity, but then you have to pay for something, for example, the development of a new material or something like that. And we did this with another uh, strategic. But basically, we, we entered into a... Actually, the, they, the conversation with this strategic was interesting because uh, they had the capability. It's a very large um, American uh, pharma consumer company. Okay. So they had the, capa the capacity to both be an investor or be 
a, how do you say, a partner. And so, and we decided to choose the partner route. So the commercial partnership route. So we decided to give them some level of exclusivity in exchange for um, NREs, essentially non-recurring engineering fees for, for development of the material. So, and that worked extremely well for us. So, because of course, if a company gives you a check, you have to give them something. You, you cannot right. hope that the company will give you a check to develop a new material without, with nothing in return. So obviously you have to give them something. But what's important here is to separate uh, investment discussions from commercial partnership ones. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about both of those things then a little bit deeper. Yes. So on the investment side, you, your advice about having multiple strategics, I think is interesting. It would have, it's counterintuitive to me, but at the same time, it makes a ton of sense, right? The way you've yeah. laid it out. Because uh, it just seems like multiple strategics makes things just chaotic, but you're saying it gives you, it, it, it put levels the playing field, right? Yes, yes. And so that's, that's a great, great idea. Um, but when you're dealing with investors who are strategics, who might be competitors, who might have their own ideas, early on, are you limiting information at all? Are you, are you requiring NDAs or non-competes? Like, how do, you, how do you manage through that process? Yeah, one, uh, okay, so let's separate the discussion related to the closing of the investment uh -huh. and then the working relationship. Okay. So on the first, uh, uh, on the first bucket, how to close the investment that requires a lot of work and a lot of patience because uh, in the words of uh, our, our lawyers at, uh, at Goodwin, <laughs> I still remember, uh, I won't say the name, but he said, look, Davide, closing this round, we, we had, I think, three or four or five strategics. It's like wrestling with an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be extremely difficult. So but one, 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 once you get into the mindset, you just need to be prepared for some patience. Yep. But eventually, eventually you will get there. With, with the help of a good law firm, you get there. And uh, a good law firm should be able to prepare that playing field by preparing you. Uh, we call them harmonized uh, uh, letters, I think it was called. Because every... Companies wanted to have a side letter together with the investment. Right, right, so right. We wanted to make sure that everybody has the same rights. So, okay. and in this process, it keeps everybody honest. Yep. So, okay, point number one. Point no, and by the way, strategics are just awesome to work with. They're just yeah. awesome. It's, I, I'm so happy that I decided to work with strategics because they bring you not just money, they bring you competence, deep, deep understanding of technology. And in our case, we are a 3D printing company. They brought us applications of our technology that we would have mm. never even imagined. Because once you enter into this uh, confidentiality agreement, they invested in you, they basically will reveal to you their most important problems and how your technology can solve them. Nope, so no this is invaluable. A venture capitalist will never bring you that knowledge. No. This is far, far, far more valuable than the great business. point. They bring so much more than money. They're so much more than money. And on top of that, they're not actually uh, driven by financial uh, considerations. Mm. All they want is at some point access to your technology, either by purchasing your product 
or by acquiring the company if, right. if that's what you want. So I would say that uh, there is very minimal downside in working with strategics. And for deep tech technology companies, there's a ton of upside. So I would say if you're not considering strategic investors, you are missing out on enormous opportunities. Yeah, I mean, that's, because, that's, that's a great point, especially for, for, for deep tech, right? Where yeah. it might be costly to develop your solution. It might be a much more narrow but large market, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. it might be a substantial improvement in technology that is only understood by those market participants. Exactly. Participants. You, you need experts that deeply yes. understand a problem, the problem you're solving. Uh, yes, it, for me, it was a godsend. I, I didn't know. And, and later, I, in reading a little bit the, the literature on entrepreneurship, I came to realize that this phenomenon of corporations investing in startups is actually quite recent. Mm. It's, it, it never, it was it not. It goes in started. cycles. It goes in okay, cycles. So, okay. So my understanding is it was, from my perspective, it was basically in the past five to seven years that it really started to pick up. Mm. Maybe it happened already in the past. I don't know that. But uh, yes, they, they are being very active now. Uh, and, and it's good news for all entrepreneurs. So now let's talk about the second aspect of yeah. how to work with them. So once you are in a relationship of um, basically shareholder with one of with, with partners that are strategics, it puts you in a position that is uh, both fantastic and a little bit delicate. So and and here we have to make some distinctions. If uh, if the strategic is a potential customer or a potential competitor and therefore acquirer. So in my own case, this is how I chose to run you know, my startup companies. I always chose maximum transparency and okay. I, I acknowledge that this could be extremely risky. Uh, yes, it's risky. It, it exposes me to a lot of vulnerability, but at the same time, it creates an atmosphere of trust that makes information flow much, much faster and more freely. And you get to your answers much more quickly. Yep. So that's how I prefer to run the process, but I totally understand if others may not be comfortable with this. So in our but case- I don't think anyone is initially comfortable with transparency with potential competitors, but yes. there's value. There's a ton of value in being transparent. Yes, yes. Once you've locked them up as investors, especially, right? Yeah. Uh, also, you... one, one thing to keep in mind is that a, a company with a, an established brand name has an enormous amount to lose right. from bad behavior, much more than a startup. So bad behavior in a company of that stature of typically public corporations would be deadly. So I, yeah, of course, you need to be careful, but the upside is, is much, much uh, higher than the risk, in my opinion. Uh, and then with respect to traditional, you know, partnerships with uh, investors that could be just customers and users of the technology, that's basically the best. That's the best you can hope for because they bring you money, they bring you knowledge and they buy you, your product. What more do you want? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's an amazing deal. So in that case, uh, I would say what's important is to find a champion and make sure to nurture the relationship with that champion. Okay. Because sometimes 
Corporations have uh, their own uh, investment departments. They have a VC arm, for example. And then you're dealing with a person that closed the deal. And maybe the person is enthusiastic about the technology, but may not be directly in touch with the users. So it's very important to make sure that you find the user of the technology. And yeah. then you nurture that yeah. as yeah. a champion. That's great advice. We're just about out of time. I mean, I, this has been fascinating for me. I love the information that you provided. Any final words of advice? Anything you didn't get a chance to touch on? Let me think. Uh, I would say, yeah, even beyond, uh, yeah, maybe expanding a bit on the concept of having many strategic investors at the table. I would say in general, what I've found to be very helpful for startup to succeed is to maximize the number of people that want you to succeed. Yeah. And this could mean being generous with shares, you know, give shares to advisors to and make, make sure that you have as many friends as possible, basically. That's uh, because you never know where help could come from. And a startup, by definition, is a weak entity, is a delicate entity that needs to be nurtured. For sure. So maximize the number of friends. Awesome. This has been tremendous. Uh, great advice. I'm, I've taken several things away from this uh, myself, which is great. So I uh, really appreciate you being on and hope that maybe on a future episode, we can dive into uh, some deeper topics as well. Sure. No, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fundable Founder please go to our website at mass-ventures.com for more information on Mass Ventures and where you can also find other episodes just like this.